Welcome to another Bangover podcast. I am Scott Allen, Chris Myers, super producer as always. And uh, today, yes, we are talking about uh, one of the, I'm going to call it a local band. Fuck everyone else. One of the best (laughs) local bands from Austin, the Butthole Surfers. What? What? I can't hear you. Say that again. That's right. Uh, we couldn't play every song about this album, so I was like, I gotta, I gotta pick another one to open up with. I fucking love that song, L.A. Towards the That's end of the one. album, but uh, I guess all my favorite songs off on this album, uh, like the first one, y'all just heard, Birds. Love it. Timeless classic, in my opinion. Like holds up. I listen to it. I'm like, fuck. Oh man, almost forgot about this song. You know. So uh, they're from San Antonio. Okay, and they moved to Austin, yeah. and they moved yeah, to so Detroit, now they're, and they moved to L.A. I don't fucking. I mean, know. they are kind of all over the place as like musicians, but I think they're like based here. You know what I mean? Uh, Jeff does a lot of stuff here. So we're talking about the album uh, yeah. Electric Larryland, which it's anniversary. How many years? 25, 1996, 24. Do some math for me, and I'll keep talking. 24 years. Uh, 24th year anniversary. Um, you know, me and Chris, uh, being in a band for many years, we've recorded at uh, many of places in Austin, and one of them was Mediatek. Do you remember going to the Mediatek? Oh, yeah. Uh, used to be Willie Nelson's, like, mm-hmm. mansion, IRS thing, yada, yada, yada. Uh, but when you go inside that recording studio, on the wall they have all the albums that they produced or engineered or recorded something yeah. uh but electric Layerland is up there which this was done uh i believe uh in the uk and the united states right this album recorded between two different studios it kind of was yeah all over like the place one at, like at that guy's house at um uh paul's house right yeah so like the basic recordings were done at here in austin at arlen which is, uh, it's like a famous studio. Like, um, I think it just did like the Gary Clark Jr. He just won his Grammy, I think. Oh, yeah. And I think I read that they did that. They uh, did that one. The Sublime with uh, uh, Rome. Well, that that actually goes to um, actual Paul. Uh, Paul he, oh, doing the engineering work and producing. Paul, yeah, he's a producer for U2, Sublime, Meat Puppets. Reverend Horton Heat, another local band, you know. Um, yeah, Sublime with Rome. He did their debut album. No, so, I, so again, yeah, yeah I don't and know. And Sublime in general, so. I don't know all the, like, the, the, the actual facts. I just know that he's worked with these artists. This album was so-called recorded here in Austin, which it doesn't say that on the Wikipedia page at all. I don't know why they have that hanging in the media. I think, tape. yeah, the, just the, like... Um, it may have like had some stuff there, but uh, yeah, I think his house and then at Arlen, like they did basic tracks because it says. Oh, where did I get the UK from? I just well, made they that did, up in my head. No, they did. Um, I don't know where the UK thing came from, but it did go. So they recorded basic tracks here in Austin, and then they did um, um, uh, some more tracks in Bearsville Studios, which is in Woodstock, New York. Oh, and then I'm, I'm a fucking idiot. That's and then they had it mastered in Ocean Way recordings in L.A. 
So it kind of like went all, it literally went wow. <laughs> triangle all over the country. Yeah. It was probably a cheaper way of doing the album instead of all in one studio, all being done by this. And plus, if anyone's a musician listening to this, you know, when it comes to recording, there's the engineering process, the mixing process, and then the mastering. So that could be four different studios could get involved for one album mm. based on that thing. You know what I mean? We've learned that in a lot of episodes. Um, so when was the first time, Chris, you ever heard the Butthole Servers? Uh, probably movie. I don't know what movie, but it was definitely like off this album. Was you know it to be mean? the Simba Head movie? Probably. Probably. Yeah. You know. Good movie. Um, Again, all these bands yeah. just enter the, our lives through the movie Black culture. Sheep. Uh, a lot of, uh, mm. I believe, one of the songs that we're going to play, I think it's Blackout. I remember Mud Honey in that. Mud Honey was at the Mud voting Honey, thing. That was so cool. It was, uh, yeah, <laughs> so cool. I uh, can't wait to get to a Mud Honey episode. Mm-hmm. But we all have to start from the beginning. And the Butthole Servers is a great start. I know we did Nirvana in the past. Yeah. Uh, this is one of our, like, but this is of, times of, of music that we love, one of our eras. It kind of, like you said, it's a local band. Fondly. So, like, in some ways, yeah. Growing up here in, te- in Texas, you kind of like. 101X for me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You hear them on the local, even though they might have like, been Pepper. Yeah. Because that song was every day. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you could turn on 101X right now in your car, and Pepper will be on in the next 30, <laughs> for sure. It is on the radio quite a bit. But uh, um, hit number one. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is their, this is their biggest album. Yeah, I, of like, like arguably, like mm-hmm. I think even like factually. I mean, it reached top uh, of the charts thirty-one on Billboard two hundred, so that's pretty pretty high. Damn, I thought it two hundred. Oh, wow. Yeah, but um, and then the single Pepper got to uh, number one on modern rock tracks. Oh, that's what that was, yeah. And then it uh, in the mainstream rock tracks, it got to nineteen. So I mean, it was still. Again, played pretty heavily then, got pretty good reviews. Um, you know what I mean? Like basically like a four out of five album yeah. across the board. And this is like, uh, this is definitely one of those bands that you just hear um, throughout time. Starting in like 81, this band was formed in San Antonio. And then you hear about them in the hardcore scene. You hear about them in the new wave scene. You hear about them in the 90s. Yeah. And even past that with collaborations such as Ministry and uh, countless others, you know, um, too many to even think of off the top of my head. I'm just thinking of the, uh, you know, Jesus Built My Hot Rod, which is awesome. Yeah. And then, um, you know, always guest starring on like Revolting Cox, but that's always been like a mashup of people. So he's always been so irrelevant in uh, my world of music. Yeah. He's I mean, always been a staple, you know? They a, always a Gibby are Haynes doing and stuff. the Bubble Servers. You well, know? Yeah, everybody in there, like Jeff, you know what I mean, playing yeah. for the Melvins. Like, how many times Jeff have Pintus, we seen the Melvins yeah. and him playing for them? You know what I mean? Yeah, and now and like, he's he's gone solo stuff. Does There's the solo Pure stuff, Luck, yeah. which has performed at Indian Roller. Shout out to Indian Roller multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got to perform... W- not with him, but I got to uh, play a show with him. I think he opened up the show and I was the third band to play. Mm-hmm. So That's Rocky cool. Erickson benefit show, you know. Yeah. 
uh, that was pretty exciting. There were so many people talking to him, uh, Jeff, that I was just like, I'm not going to bother him. Yeah. <laughs> but, and brief conversations in the green room with him. Be like, can I get you a bottle of water? No. Yeah. Um, but like you said, the forming in the like late seventies, early eighties kind of thing. And then all the way up to this album, which is their seventh album. 96. And then in 96, which is in the middle of what is their quote unquote mainstream recognition era. Now it's electric, uh, I mean, was independent worm saloon before this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you had independent worm saloon, which kind of like had more modern, it had some hits on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, as far as like just more of a like radio, mo- uh, what am I say mainstream sound, which led to this mainstream kind of like era of ninety one to ninety nine. So you get yeah, independent. Um, <clears throat> let's see what else is on here. You know, I was listening to uh, Bill Burr's podcast, Monday Morning Podcast, and he was like, uh, "Stuff I've been listening to lately: uh, Butthole Surfers, Independent Worms." Is on. I was yeah. like, Jesus. Yeah. He's like, oh, he just throws out all the same names and yeah. So yeah, it would it would technically be Independent Worm Saloon and Electric Larry Land is the mainstream era of. Yeah, of I mean, those are your hit songs. Those have the the majority of the music videos. That being said, they have so many, so so much more music and so many more albums. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, the Stairway to Stevie is another great one. Um, Stairway, Stairway to Seven. Yeah, what you know? Well, the same members that were making those albums are still current today too, because they've had a plenty of like member changes throughout like that whole beginning, all the way up to you know, eighty seven, eighty. Uh, yeah, eighty seven, eighty nine. There's like a bunch of changes that are happening. Yeah, I mean, that's just uh, in, in any band's beginning yeah. career. Uh, members are going to come in and out, especially in the early stages where it's all you're doing is touring and writing albums. And if you can't do that for 10 years solid, yeah. well, then you're not going to be here. Um, but it's that period, that 87 to 89, where they kind of stay consistent pretty much. Is that when they got rid of the second drummer? Um. Yeah, I mean, yep. They got. I mean, they kind of ha- off and on uh, around... Right. 89 is when they got rid of the second drummer to per- a little after. To perform 90. that, uh, I, maybe it's their first album or it's their second album. But uh, it's yellow. Sorry, I'm fucking this up. But has all the trumpets and the two drummers. And we had the DVD and they do the interview on it where they're lying in bed, the whole band. And they're being interviewed and in between it plays songs off those that album. Locust Abortion? No, that's the like the kids and the clown and the dog. Yeah. No. Rembrandt, Psychedelic. Hmm. It was like their very first album where they had the two drummers and in the video, you know, the two drummers are standing up at the beginning of the show, like doing this like very uh, just um, like Tom filled beat and they go into a chant and there's horns and it gets, it just gets weird real fast. You know what I mean? But um, I don't know if you remember that DVD that we had, but uh Man, that was some of the weird. That was like the first time listening to. Well, I, I've DVDs seen like the home videos and stuff like, like that. Yeah, their early live stuff. Because this I mean, was before the internet when we had yeah. this DVD. You know, again, this is before their kind of mainstream stuff too, because they were this legendary band where like you'd hear like they would put speakers around this the place and have like the sound go around and people would get sick and like all kinds of weird like myths. 
you know what I mean, about yeah. their live shows and how they do like crazy shit on stage. Like and take like, a shit on stage. Take like weird, <laughs> weird stuff, but like, you know what I mean? Uh, maybe I should say two the drummers, fun facts, like, but uh, I don't want to forget, but um, there was a punk rock club in New York, and we could fact check this on the next song break, um, that, uh, you know, in that, you ever see that, uh, the music video for Dirt Devil? And in the music video, there is like one of their things that they do live on stage is light a cymbal on fire and hit it. Well, this mm. went out of control real fast. Like hitting the cymbal, and like jumping off, flame, catching the yeah. curtain, and then burning down the entire fucking club, pretty much. Yeah. So um, they're notorious for their live stage shows, uh, as well as their music. Their, the music and their live st- uh, stage shows, like when you hear their, their songs, you're like, Okay, this is gonna be fucked up and crazy live, you know? And mm-hmm. it, it was, it is. Maybe not so much now, because when we saw them, it wasn't. Oh, that's what I mean. Like things are tamed down. Crazy. Not crazy at all, actually. No, <laughs> no shotguns no. Uh, being shot over. More my head. visually crazy. Like they had like light, like yeah. crazy psychedelic light type stuff. I think but. we saw like peaches open up for them. What a weird lineup. That was at Stubbs. On Halloween. Yeah. yeah. And then did you go to the emo show here? No. They, did, they did a show there. That one was pretty good. But it was, again, more tame. You know, you, you know the stage. Yeah, and this just was like more eight like, years ago, yeah. right? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it was, yeah. More, it was pretty, it was like the last time, I think, maybe second to last, they got back together. And played. And played. So, I mean, again, it speaks to like when they get back together, they play here in town. Because it's like <clears throat> close to home. Everyone's already here. Right, and this band being... Um, I don't know, damn near 40 years old already, so, you know. Mm-hmm. And, I, again, they've been around the block, all of them. Like, done, done, done so projects, much uh, their own stuff. Yeah. Like, uh, some, like, just stuff I was looking up on them. Of course, we like, talked about Jeff doing, like, Melvin stuff. He, right. like, did, he's done so just much. Just that solo, bass player, that bass staple player, bass player. Paul producing so many bands. Gibby has done guest stuff out the ass when, you know what I mean? Like His interview, uh, his books, his ramblings. Yeah, he does so much. He could have his own podcast to listen to it every... They just put out a book recently that has uh, all these photos of like throughout the years type of a thing. I saw Um, an interview with uh, or him and David Yao, uh, David Yao being the lead singer. He does a lot of DJs, DJing. Gibby does. Oh, really? I think so. No, that makes sense. Yeah. But they did like a little sit down Q&A when they wrote that book. But uh, in the video I saw on YouTube, uh, the guy filming it was a complete asshole, kept yelling out in the crowd. Mm -hmm. So uh, whoever that guy was and whoever you think you are when you go to a show and you want to shout out and become a part of it, uh, go home (laughs) and go learn something so you can perform on stage one day. (laughs) It It was irritating watching them. Interview, but I'm sorry to derail you. Go on. Oh no, just just some like things, just like I didn't know, but then like looking up stuff, you know, like he um he's like did the ministry stuff with uh, Al and Jesus built my hot rod, but also it goes back before then because they both of them were uh, lived with Timothy Leary. Yeah, doing the LSD. Guinea pigs doing yeah. LSD, so it's like. That's where that bond kind of... Right, and we covered some of this in the ministry episode where, like, Al went over there and, like, Timothy Leary, like, studied him doing heroin and and asked him to be dosed with heroin so he could know the first time. And that's just weird. Yeah. So, but <laughs> and, and, yeah, they've been best friends. these bonds yeah. and stuff. And then, you know, again, he's, like, 
He's affronted a band with Johnny Depp. He's done um, guest stuff for Dead Milkman. Um, movie appearances. Yeah. So um, many. Um, a lot of, yeah, movie stuff. He's done um, produced bands, um, songs. Um, I want a podcast. I want a KB Haynes yeah. podcast. He also did a guest vocal track. I didn't know that on the song Atlanta by Mastodon, which uh, was a, huh? a limited edition release. Um, on the 18th of April, Play 2015. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> but it was uh, to celebrate Record Store Day in 2015. And then he's also a painter, and he did, he's done some ex- exhibitions and stuff. And So, yeah, he's, you know, oh, all yeah, over the painter, place. for sure. Yeah. Um, I've seen his artwork quite a lot. Cameo awesome. appearances in uh, some films and in Adult Swim's Delocated. He's also uh, in CB4, but uncredited. So he's I like, do remember him see before. So they, um, they were playing the butthole surfers and they were like talking to the butthole surfers, like, how did you guys like that band C B four? They were like, Oh man, they were hard hitting. They came out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, he's also um in Gore's first long form video, Phallus in Wonderland. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either, but it as makes director sense. Fritz Wang, he's the director. Oh, he's the director? Uh, I think in their second movie, it was Jello Biafra playing like the evil corporate businessman. Oh so it, it all makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so I have Gibby Haynes. Yeah. So he's, again, just this like kind of all over the place, uh, plays saxophone. He's does uh, all kinds yeah, of stuff. Motherfucking um, genius yeah. in some ways and, and a complete uh, psycho in others. But I guess that's what it takes to be a genius, right? Yeah. <laughs> to lose your mind just a little. So, I mean, again, all of them have kind of done their own things. The drummer, uh, King Coffee, which is not his real name, Jeffrey Coffee, but um, he's he's best known for butthole, sulfur, butthole surfers, and he's uh, from Fort Worth. He did a hardcore band in Fort Worth called the High Beaumont Experience or the Hugh Beaumont Experience. Sorry. Um, um, so yeah, and then he saw the Butthole Surfers in '82 for the first time, when uh, Scott Matthews was their drummer, and so he replaced them in '83 a year later. <laughs> I'll be your new drummer. Yeah, as the band's official drummer, and uh, he founded um, the independent record label Trace Syndicate. Um, um, so yeah, he's he's just kind of really accomplished as well. Yeah, and then the second drummer, uh, she was just known for just playing with the ball server, and that it. And <laughs> I looked at it, yeah, I was like, oh, that's it. And what's, uh, her name is Teresa, Teresa Nervosa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And again, like, uh, please go and, um, and look up just uh, butthole surfer interviews. Mm-hmm. Here. It's a trip. They're, they're um, interesting people. <laughs> just all of them in bed and, and at that point the band was like uh, fucking six seven members because the two drummers oh so um yeah. yeah she uh she left the band in 89 because she was di- diagnosed with aneurysm with an aneurysm and, oh, fuck, su- and went, underwent brain surgery um she also suffered from strobe light induced seizures so she uh, kind of not great for her life yeah not show. good for the bottle servers so uh mm. Um, she had a small role. She was in Slacker. She played the woman trying to sell the pap smear to Madonna or from Madonna. I would never remember that. <laughs> Fucking uh, 90s movies. Yeah. Man. 
Um, uh, she's in, she's employed or was employed uh, at the Texas School for the Blind and Visually Impaired. Until coronavirus? Well, nah, I mean, I don't know about I don't know about that. <laughs> that was in 95. So as of, uh, as of 2007, she's living in Austin and uh, recording music with Gibby at, uh, at his home studio. And, you know, kind of, she's been in and out of the butthole surfers. Yeah, having that throughout the years. uh, Brain surgery. It's like you can kind of just work in the studio. But, you know, she's literally credited on almost every album. Every album. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even Electric Larry Land, it says, you know, I don't know if she's actually on it. Let me see. It doesn't seem like it. In all the videos, it's only the one drummer. Because but it's, it's having listed. the two, they were standing the entire time. That was the weird part about their two drummers. Yeah. They just stood and now sent down behind the trap set for, like, I guess, which made uh, Electric Larry Land a little bit more uh, easy listening in yeah. some ways or just more rock-driven, just having that solid back drumming, you mm-hmm. know, instead of, like, this wacky drumming, which yeah. now you're an experimental it's like a psychedelic almost, yeah. world. So now we're just getting back to like the rock. It's like those jams. Yeah. They kind of go out on jams. So you need that person that's just there, like keeping the keeping, keeping the everybody, beat, yeah. yeah, keeping everybody there. And uh, just again, so yeah, she was in it between those early years, uh, and she's just been on and off ever, ever, you know, ever since. Yeah, 2008 to 2009 was her last credit, but you know, could be more in the future. It's just been kind of on and off, but still uh, the same four you know, main people kind of holding the torch, still playing. Yeah. You know. Um, here and there, and, and we all know Pinkus is just playing all the fucking time. Yeah. And so um, we could... Uh, play another song? Yeah. And, you know, we have to kind of play, like, the song that kind of, like, brought them to uh, the world, if you will. The one everyone knows, the one everyone talks about, still people... Uh, I still people hear uh, them talk about this song. Yeah. Like, oh, I love it. This is kind of uh, like the song you kind of get introduced to the band. I've heard by... it on karaoke before. Yeah. Lucky. Oh, it's all over God. the place. Now, imagine singing this song karaoke. It's got very That's dark in... lyrics. Oh, it's insanely dark. Yeah. But it's the melody that everyone listens to. It's, it's produced really well. Yeah. It's like it sounds really good. The song is it's a good song. Like, And it's, it's a crazy song yeah. in the order because it's just like, Wacky song after wacky song, and then you get these little, like, subtle, very folksy. It feels a lot like Texas to me. It feels like the Meat Puppets and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So yeah. there's a little bit of that Everything. in with yeah. their just insane psychedelic rock. Mm-hmm. So I, I love it. I love the ball servers. Uh, this is not my favorite song, but we have to play it anyways. Yeah. But we'll get to more. Let's go. Oh, 
It's a pleasant song. It just reminds me of uh, 
like early 2000s listening to the stereo, you know, listening to the radio and having like that tape in there just ready to go for that song that you've been waiting for to hear. Mm. And hit record and play at the same time. Make your own mixtapes. Did you ever do that? That's just me? Okay. No, no, yeah. I mean, before it had a the ability to use the internet the way we do, I um, mean, we're talking about like probably before the Napster days when I was doing that. Mm. So um, that was definitely one of those songs I was waiting for to hit replay, uh, record, just because I, I thought it was so interesting. There's so many layers in yeah. that song. I, I mean, it's a very simple song, but if you were to take it and break it down, there's so many sounds that are just layered. Yeah, they get to that one. Yeah. They do like weird stuff like that. Um, it uh, has a music video for it, and uh, it's directed by Gavin Bowden. And it's uh, it's like 1960s new style clip footage of a group of people being arrested in Texas hotel while cat for kidnapping while newscasters and cameramen crowd around. Um, and it, yeah, there's a full story and. I remember seeing the video, yeah. um, not on MTV, but uh, the Austin Music Channel. Shout out to Channel Eight <laughs> on your local uh, cable box back in the day. It also, um, if you know that reverse line, you can hear like the reverse lyrics. Yeah, um, that line is actually the uh, "I don't mind the sun sometimes." The image as it shows the. You never know just how you look through other people's eyes. That line is what is being said. It's just reversed. I never knew that. No, I mean, yeah, exactly. So that, that, this is one of those songs that you could break down this. It's like just, weird oh, stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's in the key of G. Um, That's it, uh, not common, is it? I mean, yeah. That's it probably is? why okay. it's like really popular. Oh, okay. It's like, a, you know, it's got this like. I don't know. It's and like you said, just the building of it's real simplified. It's not as it's, uh, it's like the order form. There's two you know, parts. There's the, a solo. It's labeled know. as like spoken word because have yeah. Know, a lot of the song is he's not singing. He's he, talking. He, well, yeah, but I mean, it's like it, it's talking, but there's like almost no instruments. You know, what I mean, there's like the drum over the yeah, which the drum has a weird sound effect. Yeah, it's drum over vocals. Yeah, and. The drums do sound quite strange and unique. Yeah, they do on this album. There's a lot of like mixing drums, digital drums, okay, crossing over into like electronic drum or I mean acoustic drums, like a lot of synthesizer use. I'm sure. Um, what's the song? Let me pull up the track list here. There is a song that does that blending back and forth of. Um, it's either my brother's wife or Aha. One of those that they do that they have like a synth drum beat, like hip hop beat. Yeah. But then it cuts back into like the regular drums. But they blend it so well in the song that you don't even really notice. I mean, you notice you're like, oh, this is a whole different feel. But then it right. comes. But like that's their feel is like mixing these like really like almost uh, digital sounding drums with acoustic drums. I, I never even thought of that because of just the song itself. Mm -hmm. and, and when it comes to the butthole surfers, it was never me breaking down like, oh, I just really love the drums on this or the really, I love the guitar. Um, maybe if anything, it was like uh, his 
his rhythm and his vocals, his cadence was super addicting at times. Um, mm -hmm. But um, it was the overall song. It was like this one big chunk to me. So I never thought about the drums outside of like that, where I was like, being a drummer myself, I was like, oh, this, like, how did they possibly make this recording, you know? And again, you were like, they were using digital drums, clicked right into the real drums, and then back, and then I would have been like, oh, that made all the sense listening to the song again. Yeah, and that's why, like, live, of course, like, everything that you kind of see, I mean, um, like, they're kind of limited in some ways, you know what I mean, by what... They can play. What they can play and what is possible. They yeah. Go through some, like, they do some weird songs, you know, Let's talk about cars and uh, my brother's wife. Those would be really weird. I know he for, has a, a, a synth. He, he has rig. his own little rig yeah. for vocal effects, but you know the and but in, in the sense they are like a punk rock band. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when it's just four people on stage slamming through tunes, and their songs will sound different live than mm -hmm. they do on the album. Uh, they're definitely not one of those bands that just like they sound just like their albums. It's just, it's a whole different monster yeah. when they're live than it is a recording. Yeah. They're going to play, like when they play those heavy songs like Birds or, you know, they're going to sound pretty good because that's like, yeah, that's, those, those are sound. the basics. Yeah. yeah. It's like guitar, bass, and drums. And then when we get to the, the more experimental stuff, stuff yeah. that's where it's like, you're probably not going to see that live or if so, it's, I mean, it might be in a different context. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Um, it, it, this this album too. I don't think they played Pepper also, so it's like one of those things where like the song got bigger than the band probably wanted it to. Probably you know this is their seventh album and they get this major chart-topping success of Headful. So like and yeah. then all of a sudden you're headlining. People are like, who's this band? And they're listening. Like you know, I mean, you kind of get judged in a way by like you put this album out and everyone starts listening to like past stuff you know what i mean like it their their transcendence in music yeah like they're growing this is one of the high points so if you're just getting into them at this point you know what i mean they only had one other album after this one i know because i don't think you can really go on exactly, after something yeah. like this it's, so it's like it's like yes we created one of the best albums we've ever created no fuck like what do we do we go? now? We can't get yeah. more, more <laughs> like, mainstream. We might as well break up. If we like, go, we more, did it. Yeah. Now let's break up. That's almost what it seems like at times, where it's like, well, because they have a they get the best album. You're like, well, we're done here. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They have a lot of just like kind of fuck you albums, where it's like, oh my god, you know, what I mean? so many fuck you albums, where like the like, Melvins. It's exactly, just yeah, yeah, where it's just like you buy it and it was like three songs of just and noise 50 minutes. or something. Yeah, yeah. It was just craziness. You're like. Oh, I fucking hate you right now. Yeah. And that kept me from buying a lot of Well Surfers albums because yeah. I was like, there were so many like EPs, like remix albums, whatever. It's just they all look crazy. Mm -hmm. I don't know what's even a real album. You know, I look at the that's back of it. That's how the Melvin's I, I can't even got read rooms. the it's titles like, of the songs. You're like holding this, you're like, this is a this is a gamble. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a fucking gamble. But Especially not having a, not having a way to pre-listen to yeah. it or something. You don't know what you're getting into, you know. It's, even when they had the scanners at record stores, you think they had the Bubble Surfers queued in? True, Especially yeah. this B side album. Yeah. <laughs> like, you got this so I could listen to it real quick. No. No. So that was, I mean, part of, I, guess, I don't want to say their not downfall, but it's not like 
it's not like they had a huge catalog of yeah, but of mainstream music for people to get into I before think this. We know what the bullshit albums uh, always came from, and it was having uh, really bad record contracts. True. So you're stuck in these like you have to make me three or four records, and you're like, well, here's a fuck off record, you know, yeah. like here something to go sell. Like we don't even care about this. We don't want to make money off of it. We're just trying to get out of this agreement with you because. Uh, bands got fucked back then. And it's not like you could, there was any way around that. Well, I'm just going to do it myself. Cool. (laughs) Good luck with that. Yeah. I mean, there was a, I don't know who, there was a quote and I was reading somewhere where they were like talking about them signing to Capitol, Capitol Records because it was like their first, uh, I mean, I think this was their first one. Let me see. Independent Worm Saloon was, okay, that one was on Capitol too. But their reasoning for signing to, like, this major label, you know what I mean? It's like they they, uh, start getting this underground success, you know, at that time. Bands are getting just snatched up by, like, major labels. um, Anyone that had, like... A a unique sound, you know. Or in that... um in that genre of other bands. So yeah. Nirvana blows up. Everyone around Nirvana, mm-hmm. you know. Who, who, Whoever's who you, associated who like? with yeah. them, yeah. So, and of I mean, course, uh, Kurt Cobain was obsessed with yeah. the ball surfers. I mean, who who wouldn't be? So they get signed to Capitol, and, you know, they're, they're kind of, like, thinking on it is, like, hey, this kind of record label is... It's weird being on a major label. It kind of, you know, has its downfalls, but at the same time, it's, like... You get the push. You're on the same label as... You get a music video. As some of your idols, they're like, you know, Grand Funk, Elvis, you know, some of the, like, most well-known artists are from Capitol Records, and you're associated with them now, so you kind of like this give and take of, like... And they're such a punk rock band. Um, Even the, the... the the producer, <laughs> the manager, whoever the fuck signed the Bahol servers knew it was a fucking a roll of dice, a shot in the dark because it could go wrong. The name in itself, the first it could go wrong in the first tour of the band. Yeah, Butthole Surfers. Oh, getting kicked out of venues. Oh, I mean, yeah. and then yeah, the name is not commercial sellable. But that being said, it really did transcend, right? Because this song, the song we just listened to, Pepper, now. Everyone can say it. Now, it's everywhere. The, the name is iconic, and mm, it's a staple It's not, like, history. silly. I mean, it, it, it's it super started silly. silly. Yeah. I, I would wear the shirt all the time, working yeah. the door at the bar, and old people would come in. It was usually older people, like, you know, 50, 60, mm-hmm. and they'd be like, bullhole surfers, what's that? Mm-hmm. I was like, it's, it's a band. <laughs> but now they've been around for band. so long, like you say, it's like it's almost culturally iconic to where, like, it's accepted. Yeah, like, there's... People like uh, you know, maybe maybe not kids in their twenties. I mean, but like our age, thirty. Exactly. People in their forties, even fifties at this point. Uh, there was a time where band. bands had yep. crazy names: Red Hot Chili Peppers, Butthole Surfers. You know. Yeah, isn't Red Hot Chili Peppers like a play on words when it comes to a butt as well? I don't know. Probably. But Probably. I, but it's just like shit goes right over my head. We all was, know this. That was that whole nineties. People had weird fucking name, infectious uh, groove. Uh, like there was just weird names. That's the best way to yeah. come up with a band name. You yeah. have to put the craziest shit together yeah. to get something because otherwise someone else has it. So when you type in butthole surfers, guess what pops up first? Butthole surfers. Exactly, because nobody's going to have that. No name, one so, has that yeah. fucking name. But, you know, like, oh my God, there's still people trying to use like the Slayer name, which is insane to me. <laughs> They're like, I'm going to use it. Or I'm going to be a rapper called Venom. 
all right, cool, but like put something like a money sign in there or like yeah. some sort of like they'll be the change, same name but a different digital, genre. Yeah, just so because it's the like, digital yeah. uh, outprint. Because I've had time and time again when it came to like bands like Tomahawk, a band from the Middle East called Tomahawk. Big business mixed in. There's a rapper named Big Business. <laughs> there was always a rapper and a rock band mixed together on yeah. Spotify. I was like, you fucks. Yeah. You know? So like, I mean, it, that's that. Uh, Bit butthole surfers differentiating themselves, but also it. We had we talked about that with pissing razors, where you know the name kind of it sets you apart, but it also might, and depending on what your situation, it it doesn't sound uh, too vulgar. Mm -hmm. Butthole sounds like a you want to giggle. Exactly, that's why it started out funny. Now it's like taken seriously in a sense. It's like they're a serious band. Yeah, you know And, and. if you've well, in some ways they are, and, and they're definitely not. <laughs> I don't think they've ever had a serious bone in their body at times. Maybe this song, Pepper. Yeah, but um, I mean, they're taken as a serious band. You know? Oh, I mean, just as oh, legit mu- musicians yes. and and someone that could probably be a, a band that one day could be in the rock and roll Ex- hall. Of I fame. was just thinking the same yeah. thing. Like they've if let, they're they've, not already there. Exactly, <laughs> they've kind of influenced enough. You know, maybe not had enough. Um, radio hits per se but i think they've like again uh, we'll start getting to a point where if you know some of them if not they're legends they're, dude they're yeah. legends so yeah they're the, these things are going to be held as staples in um in time you know yeah 30 40 50 years from now people will look back and be like man what the fuck were people doing back then yeah. you know so um i mean I that mean, being said like let's get a little bit of the the uh Fun or not fun facts, but the facts of this uh, album, uh, recording wise. So producing. So producing uh, it's Paul and uh, because they did it at right, his house. That's what I assume. And then um, Steve Thompson, who um, did uh, Guns N' Roses, Life of Agony, Tesla, Madonna, John Legend. This Rutan, has that fucking porn. big sound. Exactly. Yeah. So um, maybe not big, but crisp and well-rounded. He was uh, the mixer on Appetite, um, Geffen's most successful album. And then... Um, was this his second or was it the Madonna? <laughs> Don't um, answer that. No. He mixed uh, And Justice For All. Um, he com- remixed um, David Bowie and Mick Jagger's Dancing in the Streets. Um, so he's got, he's won quite a few Grammys. Corns Follow the Leader. He has an Ia. Ziggy Marley, yeah. Whitney Houston, Aretha Franklin. So, yeah. So we've he, talked about him before Steven, because of the Corn Follow the Leader. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's definitely. why I was like, name sounds familiar. You know, there's five. But there, that's why it has that big maybe modern like five sound. to 10 guys that engineered every album or produced mm-hmm. every album in the entire world, at least the ones that matter. Yeah. Anyways. I mean, like this pepper, like for how soft it has, it has that dynamic when it punches in. Yeah. It can actually be really loud. heavy and loud. Yeah. And then they even do that again on um, that, uh, what is it? Lord is a monkey. Where it's like really soft, and then he does that real loud scream, and it, it sounds like oh, it's right, a wall yeah. of noise coming at you. Dude, this guy just, is like, a genius. Yeah. Oh, I love his work. Uh, everything he's touched, I've just been like, this is great sounding. Like, I don't know why you would want anything else or less. You know, it's just it, I can hear the music. That's all I wanted to do at the end of the day when it comes to a, a, a final mix. 
I had to hear all the elements clearly mm-hmm. or like a well, good dynamic in it where it's like you said that wall of sound comes out of nowhere. You're like, yeah. Is it birds or cough syrup? What's the one with uh, it has that orchestra ending? I can't, I think it's, it's not birds because we listen to it, but it's, uh, I think it is cough syrup. One of them, it has the like orchestra at the very end. I'm blanking on the song, but it fades out and it gets so like epic and beautiful. You're like, what in the It hell? might be cough syrup. I was just listening to it. I didn't finish it. Oh, it is cough syrup because yeah. track, uh, but cello. I'm thinking at the end. That's such a good song stuff, too. So it's like, but that's a, that's kind of a light song as well. But for some reason it's the verse gets me mm-hmm. every time. It's just, it sounds so good. Those first birds, cough syrup, pepper, uh, therm- thermidor, ulcer breakout, junior <gasps> dog, TV. Like they literally, it, all it, of those it, are it, hits. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm in this entire album to the yeah. very end. I remember every song and there wasn't yeah. one that I forgot about or that was like, oh, I didn't care for this. It's, Besides for your, my brother's wife, just say, because it's weird. Once <laughs> we get to that, after TV star, you get to track eight through 13 that's where things are like skip or not skip but like you just get those wacky in between you get the the my brother's wife weird like early sounding butthole surfer song where it's just kind of crazy you know weird effects aha a little bit more tamer yeah still crazy tv you know and that's just another that's like a, a two minute and 30 second punk rock song tv star just tv just tv What's that? It should be the second to last song in the album. Oh, L.A.? Oh, I'm sorry, L.A. Yeah, yeah. I'm that's sorry. like a I'm, punk rock song. Yeah, I'll, a, I'm, I'll turn off my mic. No. I'm, I'm gone. <laughs> no, yeah, you're right. That's like a straight up old school punk rock. Yeah, I love it. And it's then my fucking favorite. Lex, let's talk about Cars right before it is weird. Super soft and slow. It just has like, a, like three notes that are just kind of like going back and forth over this drum. You know what I mean? It's really We're like, getting towards the end of the album, yeah. and then even space, space is that same weird. way. Yeah. So it's like you get like one more banger, and then you know, and just to settle. Yeah, just to settle, and that was kind of like, in my opinion, a common theme for a lot of albums during this time. Or well, that would of, be the B side. You know. Yeah. You play plus, your A side all the way through, and that's you don't need more than let's ten songs really on an album. So if you have thirteen. 14, some of those are like the first track, right? It's just a 30-minute intro. That's it, you know? And then like uh, track 10 is just like a two-minute interlude mm-hmm. into the next part. So you just like sometimes you waste some of those tracks, but mm-hmm. it's essentially like 10 songs yeah. no matter what. You know what I mean? It's almost like filling out that track list to make it a full length. Yeah. And but, have it's like, like, but, but also if you have some artistic vision, I don't know. Maybe. There's like a, yeah, maybe. True. The, they're like when there's like the intro and it's separated from the actual intro song. Like every Slayer album, <laughs> and it's actually titled intro on the album. Yeah. You're like, okay, well, you're not. Oh, I just I love it when Spotify uh, my playlist just plays the intro of something and it doesn't go get to the next song. <laughs> yeah, so you just it just like, goes into yeah. a random. And they song. always end with like cool. an open note Put that, that like is there. about to like transition yeah. into. Dun. And it never goes. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, why would you do this, Spotify? Yeah. I hate you. They should know better. Create a better algorithm. Get your shit together. Get the, get the rhythm together. Get the rhythm. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, when it comes to the credits on this album, there are a lot, like we said, because there's a cello. You got, like, people that are just doing, like, odd stuff, you know, <clears throat> pedal steel guitar on one track, the cello, uh, Bill Carter playing bass on two tracks, 
you know, so you have all these people coming in um, to fill in. Also, Jeff isn't at in the band at this time, so he's not actually playing bass on the album, but that's why there's a lot of fill-in. Pretty much, it's Paul doing almost everything, bass, guitar, mixing, producing. Damn, Paul. Yeah. Um, but then you have all these guests coming in. Um, Dano Sar- Saratek did the drum programming on 3 and 10, which are those uh, Lord is a Monkey with the crazy mm. um, digital drums. And then Pepper. And then Pepper, of course, with the digital drums. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, Dano Saratek. And then basically rounds out like all of the, there's other people, of course, that did keyboards. I could go through the list, but there's a bunch. You have a bunch of uh, engineers and mixers too because the kind of album went all over the place. So you have like, you know, um, Stuart Sullivan, engineer mixing, Christopher Shaw, engineer mixing, Steve Thompson, producer, um, Paul Mayer. Mavrides, um, he did the cover design and the cover art, the illustration. The Which famous, is a uh, hi-fi of death. Yeah. 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 And then uh, Tommy Steele and Wendy D- Dugan. Wendy Steele? Wendy Steele. No, Tommy Steele. Oh. Wendy Dugan, Tommy Steele. They, they oversaw the art direction So um, and the design. So there, there's just a... a a lot of credits when it comes to the album because at this time there's only three people in the band so you have and yeah then for how big this album got and like so sounds, we're just talking like uh the yeah. drummer paul and gibby yeah that makes sense i mean a uh, shout out to jeff pinkas because he's an amazing bass player but yeah. um uh those three can hold it down for sure and uh wow i i I'm kind of blown away that it was just those three those and then three. it's just a bunch of filling. Yeah. And then I guess the touring was the same way, just uh, fillers. So. Probably fillings. Yeah, because yeah, I'm uh, going to like their timeline of people. Jeff was in the band from 85 to 93 and then he left and that's when they kind of just had, you know, fill-ins. There's not really any people credited for bass uh, when it comes to the band. Um Ah, bass player. Who needs them? Because right after that, after he leaves, they put out Electric Larry Land, and that uh, doesn't have anyone on it except for fill-ins. And then their next album um, in 2001, which was five years later, crazy. Yeah, yeah they uh, they get him, or they no, they don't. They get, they get Nathan Calhoun to come in, play bass just for that album. After that, they take this hiatus slash play live with fill-in people, and then Jeff comes back. And then I believe that's when we saw them. And that's when we see yeah, them. And then, because that was, and around it was like 10 two, years ago. 2009. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and then it's been that long. Um, I think, not to be a bummer or anything, but uh, there are just some people that kind of like can ruin the butthole surfers <laughs> <What>? <laughs> where they're just like, Play Pepper. <laughs> Just some guy at the show. And you're like, go fuck yourself. Why are you here? You yeah. know what I mean? Because I heard them on the radio. Yeah, exactly. Go suck a dick somewhere well, else. Well, you it's, know, it's kind of the radio's fault too because, you know, at that time, you know, 2009. There was other songs to play off this up. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> but I, but I mean, like, when, you know, you'd hear, like, commercials and shit for, they play, like, 
after they get done playing Pepper. Hey, butthole servers, this at Emo's, this this Saturday or whatever. We got tickets for say we got tickets here at the and some people just go out for the sake of going out. Um, A lot of people do that to all sorts of events. They're like, "Uh, you know, I'm not really here because I care about anything per se. I'm just you know here to hang out. True. Yeah. And those are the people that always like want to shout out or, the crowd, and I just want to fucking get get You get people that show up. Hey, I don't know this band. Oh, they sing that one song, and then oh. and then that's yeah. oh they want to hear just that one song because they got associated with it. You know, now it's kind of gotten to that point where like again, they did Stubbs, which was a little bit bigger of a spot. You know what I mean? So right. Hopefully, you get people that are like fans that know, I mean you know what I mean I think right now if they were to come back those tickets would be insanely expensive and only the hardcore fans are going to well, see that's what I'm saying. yeah like but back then we were able to buy those tickets for 30 bucks or something like that yeah like but, it, but that was them coming back together yeah. reuniting in a sense and you gotta you know, think so in like, that 10 years uh with the internet the Spotify the Apple music uh people have heard uh, pepper even more yeah yeah um I believe it said 43 million plays on spotify alone jesus jesus is right and yeah uh i was you know and there was other songs that have just as many like millions as well so it's of like theirs. yeah yeah i Which mean i imagine a, a lot band of st- like the bowl surfers without maybe this album wouldn't have gotten there but you, you could say that for almost any band that I had mean, their magnus opus if you will exactly we're not this is that top one we're not even talking about the previous album which Oh, Jesus, I'm sorry, said. yeah. Um, which, you know, had so many hits as well. You know, this is their um, sort of like breakout on um, Capital. You know what I mean? It's their first one, and that's Independent Worm, Worm Saloon. And um, it, just because it had so many hits with like Who's oh, in My Room yeah. Last Night, um, what is it? My personal like favorite, you know, the annoying song I really liked. There's a wooden song um, that that skit that chewing George Lucas's chocolate right into Goofy's concern, which is like a classic, you know, cop hating song. Yeah, you know what I mean. I I, I definitely know what you mean. Uh, and then alcohol, alcohol. That's by far. So it's it's yeah. it's goofy, but it does have. You can see oh, where I it's love going. That album. And did you know John Paul Jones oh, yeah. produced that too? Oh, it was like uh, something about a cookie. <laughs> Want a cookie, Dookie? I, I I forget, but now I'm remembering when you said it. Yeah, yeah, that skit when he gets pulled over, and then that song is pretty cool. Yeah, the, the one it kicks into. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's like singing it in the skit. The uh, yeah, I, I can't quite remember, but it is like really yeah, punk rock it's, and like it's the one that I swear to God that it's pretty much Jesus built my hot rod. But it does sound like it, 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 it because he's just scatting. He's like, uh, in a band of son of a gun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I'll see if I can look it up. But um, again, that, that album kind of like set this trajectory motion towards Electric Layer Land. You working with John Paul Jones. You have Jesus. Uh, Jeff is, of course, in the band playing at the time. So it's just like powerhouse kind of writing. Yeah. Um, and those that had like one of the craziest tours as well. Like a lot of like iconic uh, tour footage is yeah. from the Independent Worm Saloon tour. Is just they were crazy, dude. I also played bass on track sixteen, which is the Ballad of Naked Man. 
So, I mean, these and, these titles of yeah. these songs. <laughs> uh, this this is their sixth album, and they did so on their sixth album. They've they've reached mainstream, their major label, and they're working with producers like John Paul Jones. Which yeah, you're a, a band from San Antonio, Texas. Wow, you know what I mean? That started in seven, the late seventies. Yeah, and it's what this is, ninety three. So it's like took some it took some convincing some learning because you start out kind of like young doing these weird crazy light and shit on fire you know just being it's hard a, for people to take yeah. you seriously like the mainstream music people like but eventually people yeah. start to notice especially when you're this insanely talented as musicians uh not only crazy but fucking yeah. wow like what what great songwriters as well what a what a great singer what a great drummer i, I could go on all day this is that song that's what i was trying to think of but birds keeps getting stuck in my head yeah, so this is on the previous album but it just they kind of like keep that uh even this shows where it's like still punk rock but kind of mainstreamish. yeah you know what i mean where it's oh, like CIA. <laughs> yeah. And they always sing about like the, the weirdest stuff, but like that's a total fuck you song. Oh, In yeah. a sense where like. Because I'm sure multiple times getting, you know, pulled over by cops, yeah. stopped by police officers, being and in jail. We all know this. They, <laughs> they, it, they really make music. And I remember being early and like driving to Buttle Surfers. They that's make what I was really thinking. good driving music. Like, I was like, how like, good is that song Pepper if you were driving? Like, you know? Fuck you driving music. Yeah. Like you crank it and you just are like driving to that song, to oh, LA, yeah. to Birds. To, you I know, think the majority like, of my Buttle Surfer listening has been in the car. With a CD, dude, and I'll just let that bitch go. You know what I mean? That's a, yeah, and it's they, especially that album. Like you know, um, who was in my room last night? And stuff like they are such oh, hard hitting yeah. songs that are not, and they're not even like they are heavy. They're really distorted, but they're just they're fast. They're like they have that punk rock attitude. And they're, they're still it's still very. This album's way grittier than coming to Electric Lady, exactly. Which is more not like you say it's not got timid. Folky. Yeah, there's, but it's like, just more folky and just a little bit more like like breathing room, mm -hmm. if you will, uh, when an independent worm saloon almost gives you none. Yeah. <laughs> like you, just, you would give... If it, there's any blank space, it's harsh sounds. You, you give this to like your friend that's into heavy music to get them into Butthole Surfers, and then you give Larry mm -hmm. Land into like your girlfriend to get them into it because it has like... That's, that's uh, you know a good I mean? way of putting it, yeah. Uh, well, let's get into another song. Yeah. Um, uh, one of my personal favorites and another one of those punk rock fuck you songs. What's that uh, one gonna be? Uh, blackout. I can't remember. I gotta pee so bad right now. Blackout. What is it called? Uh, Ulcer breakout. Yeah, that's Ulcer gonna breakout. be one of those like just crazy oh, blackouts. So let's check it out.
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, again, so many songs on this album like that, you know, just coming out of nowhere and just beating the fuck at you. And then, <laughs> then, then you get a little calm down point. And then another one just coming in and fucking just wham, wham, wham. Like you said, we always just think of like driving in a car. And I know that was like, uh, it's like one of Gibby's big uh, hobbies outside of music is uh, collecting cars. There's a lot of working on cars. Uh, maybe not working on, but I know he has some pretty cool cars from a lot of people I've talked to. That's like, yeah, I used to know Gibby Haynes. I get a lot of that conversation mm-hmm. here in Austin. And uh, the Jesus built my hot rod. The um, the whole, you know, uh, hurdy gurdy man. That whole like they're just driving that whole video. Maybe that's where some of that imaging comes in, like where we get that in our heads because the whole hurdy gurdy like mm. music video. And again, a lot of their music videos were like handheld cameras, like digital cameras that had like the battery fucking power logo at the bottom of the screen. You know, it was like half battery life. It was just very DIY. And, and Do you still, mean the song Hurdy Gurdy Man? Yeah, like in the music video. That was a different band. No, well, they covered it. Oh, okay. They covered the song. Okay. And I I love their cover of it. Uh, it's one of their... Uh, because they do get confused Hits. by that. Like, I remember early in the day, like, the whatever. There was, like, some, I don't remember. Because it's, it's an old, like, 1970s artist that did that song. Yeah. Don of, Donovan, I think. Yeah, it's yeah. very, like, uh, I guess, like, 60s. It sounds oh, very no. uh, psychedelic. The Spectres. Spectres. Uh, I remember the music video so vividly. Uh just it just seems like a bunch of at home camera filming mm. and it's like potato men and then lighting them on fire and then just driving in a car man <laughs> like i don't i don't know it's something um even with all their chaos there's something very pleasant you know what i mean yeah and it all it all seems very familiar at times uh even if it's your first time listening to it mm-hmm. and that's probably the most bizarre like part of the bowl servers is that it's like that voice inside your head that everyone has, you know, and it's just, uh, that's Gibby, you know, <laughs> Gibby's that like little voice where it's just like, he, he maybe listens to his at times uh, a little too much, mm. but, um, I, I find Oh it, yeah. I found yeah. that hurdy gurdy thing. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. It's on, um, the, um, it's on the CD of Rembrandt Pussy Whore. Or something they like included it, but it was like a single. For uh, it was in the fourth EP, oh, that's what it was, the EP. Yeah, like again, well, if we had some visuals for this, I would bust out these dusty yeah, ass CD cases so and show you. Many just going through their like your, you know, the single thing and then the compilation uh, thing. I don't, I don't like twenty. The whole truth and nothing 30? but Humpty Dumpty LSD, the live stuff. You know, oh, it goes on. Yeah, yeah, and then they were just meaning like studio albums. It was like the fifth and the sixth. Yeah, that we're referencing, but they do have like these in between stuff that's just random EPs. <laughs> and you know, back in the day, we've talked about that. Was like you kind of had to do an EP before they allowed you to do a full length. So you had to do something significant on a three or four song EP to promote or for record producers to um, 
put the the time and the money into it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we're not going to do a whole thing. It, it's almost like a trailer. It's like a, a short film, if you will, before the final. Yeah. And what I was thinking about too is like when they pass around albums, like some of these great albums we talked about that just was recorded between like four studios. It almost seems like different, like uh, taking it in the movie, con- like in the movie world, taking a screenplay and passing around to different writers for different mock-ups and different versions of it until they find the right one that they want to fucking boom, put all the money into to get it fully produced and then shipped out. You yeah. know? So that's kind of what it feels like. It's just like, we give it to this guy. We didn't get exactly what we wanted. So we gave it to him. I mean, that's what it kind of feels like to me. That being said, there's a lot of just your idea and your vision. And then at the end of the day, there's also uh, money. So it might be cheaper to send it somewhere else and stuff like that. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, cheaper or just the person you want to work with. Is that like too, the yeah. So the, there's like, so many different... Um, he's not going to come to me. I could just send it to him. At this time, too, we're like, internet's coming-ish. You know, 96, 96, I mean, we're finally getting there. So, you, I mean, file transferring, I don't know if it's quite what it is now, but you Bleep. know what I mean? There, There's probably some way of digitally storing these things and transferring them or even hard transferring tapes across the country. Yeah, uh, um, fucking reel-to-reel shipping in a box. Yeah. They get it, put it on. Yeah, FedEx it. Fucking <laughs> shit. Special delivery. Yeah. But... um so yeah, I mean, it uh, it worked out in the end. It didn't with it uh, doing all your basic stuff at home, then sending it somewhere, fine tuning it, and then getting it mastered another place, L.A. You right. have the money with capital. You know what I mean? It's not and, like it's and then three people doing all the recording on this. It it really does streamline the process too yeah. because well, Scott's probably in L.A. right. Based in being there, yeah. he's working with Corn and like all these probably big bands. That's probably why it went out to LA yeah. for Thomas to work on it. Help, yeah. And so. it makes sense. Like, as I said, like um, when we were first talking, this album just sounds very uh, well produced. Maybe too well produced. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, that it is the Bohol servers, and this just sounds so. Crisp is a little beside the point, you know? That being said, um, they love to uh, make a dynamic in their in that mix of mm-hmm. just wacky sounds or those digital drums or his singing style and his screaming, you know, a lot of screaming. Yeah. And then giving you a song like My Brother's Wife and stuff like that. Yeah. But... Uh, all in all, like at the end of the day, this is going to be one of those albums that is held up in high regards, you know, and not just because of the song Pepper, but the overall album, in my opinion, because from start to finish, this is a, a, a great fucking album. I mean, don't yeah. you agree? Yeah. It, there's really not too much skipping that you would do through this. It, if it's your first time listening to it, my brother's wife is not that long, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it's, it's kind of pleasant. I like the drum beat. It's, it's a uh, hypnotic, the way that song sounds. So you'll you'll be like, you might get to a point if it was four minutes long, and you'd be like, what the fuck am I listening to? But I, yeah. I believe it's only like two minutes or something. So it will flow on straight to the end. And um, I, I believe if 
anyone out there hasn't listened to this, uh, listen to this album from start to finish, uh, please go and do so because this is this is something that like um, yeah, it's gonna you want this like before you die, you yeah. need to listen to this. It's gonna entire be twenty five years old next year, so you know, get to it yeah. already. Yeah, uh, that's what I would kind of final thoughts as well for me is just you know. We're, it's this album is about to be 25 years old. It's already a classic. We'll probably get a remaster then with some bonus stuff. You know what I mean? Probably what happens. So just keep an eye out for that. Uh, yeah. And we had other butthole surfer albums to pick from for these next yeah. uh, two months. Uh, this one's pretty classic. This one's like you gotta have to start with the biggest thing because we'll end up talking about it anyways if we did something earlier, you know. Yeah. And that being said, we definitely can go back and do those earlier albums because there's a lot of story, a lot of story. Those are gonna become classics as well, reaching 30th anniversaries and stuff. I I really would like to get into some of those rock and roll stories of like Ministry, the Behold Surfers, the early live stuff. Yeah, reference videos, some of the drug use and just and fun green room stories and yeah. parties and stuff because there's so many and definitely want to talk more about that but uh yes this is one of it, this is one of uh the bands in our analog of like in our album collection of bangover like this is one of them mm-hmm. like we love every album we've ever covered and those might everyone be in there maybe not the b52s album. <laughs> i love that album but sometimes we just do a b-side album uh, like an album that's not uh, their biggest album yeah, or, yeah. Uh, you know, That's, well-known. Because you find those gems in them. Yes. So, yeah. You will end up liking those albums. Like, like that yeah. that one or, um, I can't remember. It's I mean, even that uh, Grand Funk. Like, it's, it's kind of like a first, but it's like a little hidden in there. Yeah. And it, you know what I mean? Grand Funk was like a band that was kind of forgotten. Yeah, exactly. For a while. Like, kept having blank points mm-hmm. in their career. Um, that being said, we're... We're hoping for uh, maybe uh, some more reunion shows with the Bowl Servers. That'd be sweet. Yeah, I mean to get back to the it. Future. And, Let's see yeah. if this does get a 25th year anniversary. Maybe they tour for it. Maybe they place the whole album all yeah. of it. You know what I mean? Maybe just some select shows, something. Um, yeah, it's definitely um, great to see them live because uh, they're just fantastic musicians. Yeah, you're not going to get the shitting on the stage no, and the flaming cymbals right. anymore. But you'll still like enjoy the music and have a good time. Besides, most of those people going to this show are going to be too old to be like trying to dodge uh, shit being thrown out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, beer being spilled all over the face. You know that was that was back in the days. Yeah. Um. Any other final thoughts? No, I'm excited. Uh, this is one of my favorite songs. Kind of, it's a slower one, but. So, oh, what are you gonna play? Uh, I, I was thinking jingle, jingle the dogs, club. but I mean we could also I do, like it. You could also do TV star. Both. I'll let you pick because um, I can't, <laughs> and we all know I have uh, problems when it comes to deciding uh, songs for this podcast because I, I want to play it all. I just yeah, want to shut up and just let the uh, let the audience listen to this entire album. Who the fuck cares what I, I have you know, to say? I want to play TV star because that's probably the widest range. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's and Jingle Bell Taller is great too. Yeah. Every song, but people, the, this song every song kind of references that folky thing we were talking about. So right, so we give you a little taste of what this album's all about. Uh, please, please yes. follow us, subscribe, yes. like uh, YouTube at Bangover Productions. It's going to be uh, what are we? Instagram at Bangover Productions, and then Facebook, Bangover ATX, uh, Facebook, but. Mm-hmm. 
please, uh, any podcast provider, if you're listening to this from your friend's phone right yeah. now or something, we're on all, we're, we're on all everything. Apple and music, find us on YouTube fire. as well. If you just want to cut all the bullshit and go straight to the horse's mouth, <laughs> I don't think that's the same. No, no but... Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, and again, we're still under the quarantine. We can't reschedule any of our live shows coming no. up, so we're just going to be doing the podcast thing yeah. and then... Maybe opening up more ideas for the podcast. Uh, I know we've talked about the movie thing, horror movie, action movie, something podcast. Uh, there were some ideas, plus uh, just our one-off yeah, uh, yeah. songs. Some more stuff, like releases that come out. Oh, and there's been so many releases. Yeah. Uh, Cattle Decapitation, Diane Words pumping out a oh bunch my. of uh, just music videos. Like So yeah, many yeah. new music videos are coming out. So we might get to some of that stuff if, yeah. in case you guys aren't following those uh right channels on YouTube and you're missing out on some of this, you know? There's a new Lamb of God, too. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot, lot of new stuff, yeah. all right? So we have a lot of time to create new stuff. Yeah. This kind of stuff. Music, podcast, anything that takes, like, four people. <laughs> yeah. Essentially. Um, again, thank you all for listening. Um, and, and what do we have coming up next, episode-wise? Oh, be excited. Sure. Stay tuned. For yeah, there's going to be a lot, though. We got some big anniversary stuff. So we're going to be doing yeah. Tad, which we'll be diving think, back into Tad, this a little bit a, more. British Steel. There's a bunch. Yeah, uh, yeah. Judas Priest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then so on and so forth because, yeah. man, the album's going to get out of control uh, when it comes to the spring. This is a heavy release time, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So uh, thank you all again. I'm Scott Allen. This is Chris Myers, and we were... The bang over a pie. Put your hands in the middle, Chris. Here's TV star. Let's let's play it out. I'm in love with a TV star. She drove me home in her Lexus car. Like a dog, but I don't watch a show. Spend my time with the radio. Dancing on the sunset strip Bell-bottom jeans and a curvy hips Seen her sitting there with her boyfriend Good-looking fella, but he's looking kind of thin Christina, oh la 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 Christina, oh la 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 Christina So, remember that day we played pool I saw your bedroom and we ate barbecue Bobby came from a trip downtown 50 up and 40 down Love you more than the sun in the sky Gotta kiss and hug you before I die Something else that you ought to know too Something weird Christina
like a girl named Ellen more than you. Christina.